Yeah, you can clap, Kelly. That's okay. I saw you wanted to do that, so that's good. That's good. Make me feel good when I come up. That's, that's good. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Good to be in church together on the first Sunday of a new year. And uh, how many of you have made New Year's resolutions? Show me your hands. How many? Good. 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 How many have kept them? Good. Okay. We'll have a prayer time at the end of service for you. But uh, if you made one, go for it. And uh, that's good. We are excited about a new year. Good things are happening next week at Lake in the Hills at the uh, Northern Illinois Center for Autism is where we're going to be meeting. The website is on the screen behind me in just a moment. It's coming up. But you can look at the building that we're going to be meeting at. We're super thrilled and excited to be there. And uh, some of our people from out west won't have to drive an hour plus to church. They can just go literally across the street and be a part of our congregation there. We're excited about that. We're just east of Huntley now and Lake in the Hills and God's blessing. And so he's opened that door and we're thrilled about that. Shared a lot about that journey last week. So if you weren't here last week, you can get the CD or you can listen online and hear the journey of how we got to this spot. And again, while we were looking for a spot, the Lord just spoke to me that we need to share our building with another congregation that's trying to, trying to grow and build. And, and again, I told the whole story last week of how God kind of moved on our heart because we've really never been open to that in the past. We have the college and the church and so much going on. But as uh, God opened our heart, he's brought the uh, Korean church, the Church of Bethlehem, and they begin meeting here today. And so we're just thrilled that they're going to be a part of our, of our, our building here. And, and God just opened that door. And again, I told all about it last week, so I don't want to take time this week. But I just want to tell you that God is doing good things, and I am excited about a brand new year. I was walking through a, an airport a few weeks ago, and I saw this magazine, so I had to buy a Time magazine. This was on the cover, and uh, it said, The Decade from Hell, talking about the last decade. And I just, I had to buy it. I just had to buy it. I had to read about, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of the half full kind of guy most of the time. So it's like I, I didn't, you know, I, the decade from hell. And as I read the article and I really began to ponder, I really began to think about how different our world is today than it was 10 years ago. And it was a rough decade, wasn't it? It was a hard time. We're, we're a different world because of terrorism and war and the economy. It's a very different world that we live in today than we did 10 years ago. And so we have, to, we have to change our thinking about life and everything because it's been rough. And I've heard so many people say, I just want a, I want a fresh start. I want a new year. I want a new decade. I want that fresh start. And I want to say that's what I want as well. But I don't want it just in the economy and in the world and stuff like that. Listen to me. I want that with God. I want a fresh start with God. I talked about it on the New Year's Eve service. That If our life was like a house, I want the wind of God to blow through every room, every nook, every cranny, every closet. I just want the wind of God to come in. I want a fresh start with God. That's why I can't wait for Wednesday night as we worship the Lord. There is no agenda Wednesday night other than worshiping God and praying. And I'll walk around with a mic and maybe have different people pray. But, but that's it. I mean, that is just our time with God. And then we're going to go into that series, When God's People Pray. If you can't come on Wednesday nights to that, we're going to have a Sunday school class, When God's People Pray. And you can be a part of that. But I want you to get a hold of what God has for you in this new year. Because I don't want the old anymore. I want the new, I want the fresh, I want what God has for me. So let's begin this Wednesday night worshiping God, and let's just get into prayer and see what happens. It's a DVD series by Jim Cimbala, and I want to tell you, it is powerful, and you're going to love it. And so come on out on Wednesday nights, and then also Sunday mornings if you can. But I'm just praying to God and saying, how do you want to start this new year? Because we always talk about drawing near to God in a new year, and, and that's important. But God, what do you want to do 
this year, in a brand new year, in a brand new decade. And God spoke to me so clearly that He wants me to preach on the inside of our life and, and getting God on the inside of our life. I am so sick of surface Christianity that is only skin deep. There's just a big list of do's and don'ts, and I do this and I don't do that because I'm a Christian. And it lacks any power, it lacks any substance. How many of you know people that once followed Christ and they did everything right, but they don't follow Him anymore? It's hard, isn't it? And, and I don't want that type of relationship with God. I don't want something skin deep that I can walk away from. I want something that gets so far down deep on the inside that I can't walk away. If I wanted to, I couldn't walk away. Like, like Jesus, when He challenges Peter, are you going to leave me too? And Peter goes, where am I going to go? Where else, where else can I go? Jesus, you've ruined me. You alone have the words of life. And that's the type of relationship I want with God. I don't want to see Christians living spiritually famished lives that exist off the crumbs that they get out of a weekend sermon, but that they dig into the Word for themselves, that they pray for themselves, that they believe God, that it's something that happens on the inside of them. I don't, I don't want you to go through life hungry and uh, talk spiritually here. He is the living water. When you drink of Him, you'll never thirst again. He's the bread of life and we don't live on natural bread alone. We need Him in our life. I want that meaning and that purpose and that closeness that comes with God. And it's not just something that I want as a pastor for you. It's what God wants for you. God wants you to draw near to Him. God wants you to press into Him. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. James 4, 8, I preached a whole bunch of that a while back. The, the reason is God says, I created you to be in relationship with you. And I'm not going to make you love me, but man, when you're there, when you call on me, I am there. I am there. That's what God desires, that we would be close to Him. I was thinking about the early church. I read a book a, a little while ago, and, and it's uh, by Mark Batterson called Primal. I wrote a Bible blog on it a couple weeks ago. It's out now, and you can get it. But he starts talking about the early church. The early church had no influence in the world. I mean, they, they had, their numbers were small, no worldly influence whatsoever. It was illegal to be a Christian. And, and they had to have church in the underground graveyards in Rome. And the underground graveyards is where the church met. And they had to meet there because they couldn't, they couldn't meet in the open. That was the only place Roman soldiers wouldn't go. It was that disgusting of a place with dead bodies underground. That's where the church had to meet. And yet that church was full of power and full of love. And even though it was illegal, people couldn't wait to come to Christ. There was something that they had. And I, I've been thinking about that. And we have these beautiful buildings that we meet in. And God provides us. And, and we're safe when we come to church. Nobody's going nobody's to take our life for coming to church. There's, we can come and we can worship. We have this wonderful kind of organizational structure and all this stuff now. But I see so much of the church today, like, like Paul says to Timothy, they, they have a form of godliness, but they lack the power. Amen. And I don't want to lack the power in my life. I don't want you to lack the power of God in your life. I don't want our church to lack the power of God in the nice, comfortable surroundings that we find ourselves in. I want us to press in like the early church did. They loved God with all that they had. They pressed in. They said, God, we believe you can do anything. And I want that kind of relationship on the inside of me. I want it deep down on the inside of me. If you've got your sermon notes, I want you to write one word at the top of the page. Relationship relationship. How do you get this on the inside? This is just the first message. But I want to talk about our relationship with God. 
I mean, how do you get Christianity? How do we get our discipleship on the inside of us? It goes beyond just reading the Bible. It goes beyond just praying. It goes beyond just doing the right things. It's something much deeper inside of us. It's a relationship. And sometimes we watch other people and we say, man, they have a good relationship with God. Or, or you, know, they, you know, we just see things and then we feel like, man, sometimes I feel like I'm playing a game. When I'm reading my Bible or singing the songs and worship or praying, I just, I don't feel like it's real. It's missing something. I have a friend, a pastor friend, who goes to New York City and he loves buying fake Rolex watches for some reason. Like the cheaper, the fakier, the better for this guy. And he'll say, hey, Daryl, see my new Rolex? And I'll be like, dude, Rolex doesn't make plastic watches, all right? I don't think that's a real Rolex. No, it says Rolex right on there. See it? No, it's digital, man. They don't make digital. No, that's a Rolex. See, it says Rolex. You know, it's like, and he just loves that, and he, and he, and he, and he shows it off and stuff. And, but it's fake. I, I, we have people come to Ascension Convention. Sometimes speakers are just guests, and so we'll go out to eat. And we've had um, players from the NFL come and... and uh, uh, you know, guys that have played in a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl and they got their Super Bowl ring on. And we were at dinner one time and the guy next to me had a Super Bowl ring on. I said, hey, can I, can, I, can I see your ring? I want to try it on. He's like, yeah, sure. So he takes off his Super Bowl ring and it looked like a bracelet. And he takes it off and he hands it to me. And I'm like, wow. You know, and I, I put it on my finger. I'm like, wow, look at that. Super Bowl. You know, hey, look at me. And, and so I pick up the menu and I'm like kind of holding it so the waitress... <laughs> The waitress can see I'm wearing a Super Bowl ring. And, and, and who am I trying to fool? Is it mine or the very large gentleman sitting next to me that, that's actually in shape? You know, that, who does it belong to? It's, it's his because at some point in the meal, I've got to take it off and, and give it back to him. Because it doesn't belong to me. I don't want anything that's fake anymore. I don't want anything that doesn't belong to me. I don't want to live off somebody else's experience or somebody else's faith. And I don't want to go out and buy the cheapest thing out there and say, hey, look, I got a Rolex. I want the real thing. And I'm not talking about watches and rings right now. You know what I'm talking about. With God, I want the real thing with God. So how do we get to the real thing? That's the question. How do we get to the real thing with God? Well, we have to see Christianity not as a religious experience, but as a relationship. Now, we've heard that a million times. It's not a religion, it's a relationship. Yes, I know we've heard it a million times, but I want you to think about relationship in a specific way. It's not about religion, it's about relationship, and specifically, it's about friendship. Friendship with God. Every relationship you have in life works better when it's a friendship. Think of the marriage relationship. Husband and wife. Obviously, there's a husband and wife relationship. But doesn't it work better when you're best friends? Think about the relationship as a parent and a child. There's still that parent-child relationship. But doesn't it work when you're cooperating and working together as friends? When Think about the, the boss-employee relationship. And, and yeah, there's a boss-employee relationship, yes. But doesn't it work better when you're friends? Yeah, I want to tell you that, that God says, I want a relationship with you, but I want a friendship with you. I want a cooperation. I want a mutual love and respect. I want that with you. And God said from the very beginning when He created us, that's what I created you for, is a relationship with me. That's what I want. 
I don't know why that the Creator of the universe said, I want a relationship with each one of you, but He did. Every single one of us, God said, I created you for a relationship with me. And that's why as a church, we connect people to God. That's the number one thing we do. Because it's the most important relationship anybody will ever have. It's the creation, it's a relationship you were created for. And God says, I want that with you. The problem is, is we have messed up and said, God, we really don't want that relationship with you. We'd rather do it our way. And so we walked away from God from the very beginning, and each of us have walked away from God. All we like sheep have gone astray. But God didn't leave it there because He sent Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm not willing that any should perish. I'm not willing that you just walk away and that there's no way you can come back to God. So I will die on a cross, and I will take the penalty for your sin, as we remember this morning, and I will do that for you. And I'll do that for you so that we can have this friendship again. And then He ascends into heaven and He sends the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes that we might have that close relationship with God. That we can walk with Him. And we don't have to wonder what God is thinking. or, or we, we, can, we can discern through the Spirit how God is leading. And how He speaks to us through His Word. That the Holy Spirit will be in our lives, keeping us close in that friendship and relationship to God. On the last night of Jesus' life, in John chapter 15, and Pastor Jonathan in worship today mentioned this passage of Scripture, but he talks to his disciples, and not just back then, but to us today. He said, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. He said, I want a friendship with you. If you took your sermon notes out and began to write the attributes of God, he is wonderful, awesome, uh, he's beautiful, and, and just begin to omnipotent and all-powerful, and we just begin to listen. You could fill both sides of the piece of paper if I gave you enough time just thinking up attributes of God. And he is infinitely good and infinitely holy and infinitely powerful. But the Bible tells us that he wants to be our infinite friend. That he wants, just as he is, has all these attributes that last forever and are infinite, he says, I want to be your friend. And I want to be in relationship with you. But we stray, don't we? We stray from that relationship. We stray, but he stays. We stray, he stays. And he gave us an entire book in the Old Testament, the book of Hosea, where he told an Old Testament prophet, I want you to marry an adulterous woman. And the Bible tells us that this woman offered herself to every man that walked by. And she kept straying and kept straying. And Hosea would keep going out and bringing her back and bringing her back to himself. And he keep doing that. And it was a picture of God in Israel. But actually, it's a picture of God in us. That God says, I love you all of the time. And I want a relationship with you. Even when you stray, even when you go away, I want you to come back to me. Because I am infinite in my love for you. I am infinite in wanting this friendship with you. That's what I want. You can break my heart, but I will not leave you. We have to realize that. We can break the heart of God, but He will not leave. And Jesus says again and again and again in in, in His parables that that something's lost and He's going to go find it. He tells a story about 99 sheep are in the pen, but there's one sheep outside that's lost, and he leaves the 99 to go after the one because he is not satisfied 
until all are his friends. So God wants our friendship and he makes a way and he keeps coming back to us. And trust me, it is not about being good enough because if it was about being good enough, we'd be really far from God and we can never get back to him. It's not about being good enough. It's about God saying, I want a relationship with you. That's not just for this lifetime, but it's for all of eternity. It's what eternal life is all about. I want that relationship with you forever. There's another book in the Old Testament called The Song of Solomon. It's a difficult book to interpret, and we hear a lot of it in marriage seminars. And that's good. It's good for that. But it's actually an interesting book because it's not a a relationship between a man and a wife that are on an equal footing. This is a king and a lowly maiden that is in love. It's a picture of God and us, that there's a desire for God, and, and he desires us. That there's this mutual desire between God and us in that friendship. And that's what God longs for. He says, I want to be your friend. I want you to love me back. That's why I created you. I didn't make you robots that had to love me back. I made you with a free will so that you could love me. And I want you to love me. And I will make any way possible for you to be in relationship with me. And that's how God set it up. You say, wow, I believe you. It says it in the Word. I I get it. But I don't know if that's true for me. Sure, it's true for you, Pastor Daryl. Sure, it's true for a few people. But not for me. Does God really want to be friends with me? Because I'm more like Gomer, Hosea's wife. Her name was Gomer. I'm more like Gomer who constantly strays. And this is a message about the inside of us. So if you really look deep on the inside of me, you'd see a lot of broken promises to God. You see a lot of New Year's resolutions that were broken to God. You see, a lot of things that I wanted to do, but I never have done, and I keep walking away. And, and sometimes I, I feel like God loves me because He has to love me. He doesn't really want to be my friend. I, he just loves me because He has to love me. I don't know where that comes from because God's Word doesn't tell us that. But you know what? Life does tell us that. Because a lot of times we grow up in homes with parents that, that we have to perform in order to receive their love. And so we think, well, that's our relationship with God. Or you've been rejected by people in the world. You've been constantly rejected by people in the world. And so you know that God loves you. You've been rejected so many times. You know God loves you, but he just loves you because he has to love you. He doesn't really want to love you. He just has to. And I just want to tell you that you may feel that way. And you may have had that happen growing up. But that's not what the Word of God says. And what we need to do is we need to study and meditate on what the Word of God says about us and not how we feel or not our personal experience. And we need to see what does God's Word say. You know, when Jesus was walking the earth, there were two times in his ministry at the baptism and at his transfiguration that a voice from heaven, the voice of the Father, came down and said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. I don't know if it was that low, but he, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, that, you know. That's cool, isn't it? I mean, that the, the, this audible voice from heaven. What if you were sitting at your desk at work and for everybody to hear, this is my son, this is my daughter, whom I'm well pleased and I love. I mean, would that be like the coolest thing in the entire world? I mean, that'd be like, I don't know, I'd make up little mugs and t-shirts and stuff. Hey, I am, I am, you know, I just, it's like, wow, you know, to have that moment where God said that, that'd be so cool. Do you realize inside of God's word, he says that over and over and over again to you, that you are my son 
You're my daughter. I love you. He says it over and over and over again. And I don't want to go by how I feel anymore. I don't want to go on, on my experience. I want to go, God, what do you say in your word? And I want that to be my relationship with you. So I'm going to teach you how to do that. I'm going to go to Zephaniah, the, the Old Testament book. Zephaniah, one of the small minor prophets in the back. Chapter 3, the last chapter. It's not a big book, right before Haggai. You can just get it there. It'll be on the screen too, but you can look it up later if you want. And we're going to go to chapter 3, and we're going to take one verse, and I'm going to show you how to meditate on this and to get this inside of your life so that as you look through Scripture, this is just one verse in the entire Bible, but I want you to learn how to go and look at your relationship with God. And I want you to dive in and look at this verse with me. 3.17, let's read it. It'll be on the screen. It says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight with you in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Alright? I want to break this down, not by a verse, but by line by line. And I want to go through, and we're going to meditate on this, and we're going to see excuse me, just how much God loves us and how He wants a relationship with you. First line there. The Lord is with you. Write that down. The Lord is with you. When you come into relationship with God, that's the guarantee. God is with you. He is always with you. He is not just with you on Sundays. He's not just with you on Saturday nights when you come to church or Wednesday nights when you come to church. He is with you all the time. He is with you tomorrow morning, Monday morning, when you go back to school and back to work. When you go, He is with you. Now, a lot of people say, well, I know God is with me. He's with me all the time. I know, yes, He loves me, and He's with me all the time. Kind of like, I know He loves me because He has to love me. I know He's with me all the time. We get this idea that God's tagging along in our life. Like this little puppy dog that follows us around everywhere. He kind of tags along. Yeah, I know God's with me all the time, but He's just kind of there with me. But you've got to look at what the next line of the, the verse says. It says, but He is mighty to save. I want to tell you, God is not just tagging along with you in life. He is there and He is powerful and He can make a difference in your life if you let Him. Because He will be with you tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. He will be with you if you tap into that. I told this story before, but I love it. It comes from Peru. I was in Peru. We were building an orphanage with Lars and a team. And I have always been kind of deathly afraid of dogs my whole life. And in this country, we're not talking about pet dogs. These are roaming packs of dogs that just... No, I'm not kidding. These are serious dogs that have different territories in the city, in this remote village. And so uh, we'd have to walk from our house to the orphanage to build every morning. It's quite a long walk, and we had to navigate through this territory because there were these packs of dogs that had different territories uh, to get to where we're going. I am just out of my mind, okay? So, um, so there's one pack of dogs that is especially vicious, and, and they're kind of making, every, making it hard to kind of go all the way around to get there. So there's a guy in his 70s named Rudy on, on our building team, a Scandinavian guy, and Rudy used to go to church here a long time ago when he lived in this area. Rudy went up to the dogs and started growling at the dog. <clears throat> the main dog, the alpha dog. He was like, Ooh, you know, and just, and just locked in on that dog. And I mean, it was just a stare down. And he's like, he's just kind of waving us all along. Just go and I'll take on the dog. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. We've lost poor Rudy. He's not coming home. He, you know, poor Rudy. You know, he, he sacrificed himself for us. Oh, Rudy. You know, but, uh, you know, and he just stared that dog down and just, you know, uh, you know and, and never turned his back. Never, and, and the dogs actually turned and walked away. And I'm like, 
he's like a superhero. You know, he's like, he's like, he's like dog man. You know, he's like, this guy's cool. You know, and I'm like, Rudy, how'd you do it? He goes, well, he goes, you just lock eyes. You, you, you don't, you don't back down. You never turn around. You know, you just tell me all these things and, and you, you have to win that battle. And I'm like, can I do that? Not by yourself, but yeah, yeah, you can, if you do it with me, sure. And so it goes, now, now you cannot flinch and you cannot turn around and you cannot back down. It can't be over till it's over. Are you in with me? I'm like, yeah, I'm in, Rudy. Let's go. So the next day, you're like, Ooh, and I'm just with Rudy, Ooh, you know, and I'm, and I mean, talk about adrenaline. I mean, you talk about scared out of my mind. I mean, just, I just like, Ooh, but I'm, I'm into it now. And then I realize it's actually working. And then I'm just like every, every dog that I've ever seen that I've been mad at my whole life. And, you know, just like, you know, I'm stronger than you dogs, you know, kind of thing. And the dogs turn and walk away. I mean, I felt like I won an Olympic gold medal when that was over. Because it's like, yeah, you know, I beat the dogs, you know, that kind of thing. But, but I, I just love that story because that's God is with you. And you have nothing to fear because He's not just tagging along with you. He is the all-powerful God of the universe. He is with you all the time and He is mighty to save. What do you need from God? Do you need direction? Do you need His power? Do you need a miracle in your life? What do you need? He is with you. You have got to realize God is with you. And He is mighty to save. He has the power. Next thing He says is He will take great delight in you. He will take great delight in you. What does that mean? The word delight there is actually a word picture in the Hebrew of hunger. Have you ever been hungry for something or craving something? Maybe you're craving something right now for lunch. And you're like, please, Daryl, get through this so we can go to lunch. Because I'm really hungry for this one thing. Imagine being hungry for this one thing. You're craving it. I want to eat this. And you're like, I can't wait. And it's being cooked for you. And then it's brought out and you get to eat. And you kind of devour it because you've been craving it. That's the word for delight. That God will delight in you. That, that, that He's hungry to be with you. That He thinks... Can you think about this? That God actually... Like as we think about a meal that we're going to have or something we really want to eat, that God thinks about you that way? Oh, I can't wait till they spend time... I can't wait till I'm with them. I mean, I can't imagine that the God of the universe does that. But somehow, some way... God loves to think about you. And that when we come into His presence, like we did this morning, and we stand there, we lift our hands, we close our eyes, we come to the altar, we take communion, we do these things, and God's loving it. He takes great delight in you. Don't ever feel like, well, I don't know if I can go to God, I don't know if I pray enough, or I don't know if I read the Bible enough. It's not about that. It's a relationship. He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to be with Him. And so what we have to realize is He takes great delight And when we worship, and when we pray, when we call on His name, not just on Sundays, but any day, when we call on His name, He is there. He's with us. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in hearing from you. And then it says, He will quiet you with His love. He will quiet you with His love. What does that mean? If you have children, you know what I'm talking about. You know when a child is lost, and then they're found, or they got hurt? Maybe they got hurt, you know, and, and we have three boys, so we've been in the emergency room a lot. You know, Mark was playing Batman on the bed and dove off and hit his uh, cheek on the, um, on the dresser, and uh, so we had to go get stitches. And, and I just remember, but, but there's that point with the child when they're crying, and, and, and the crying is disproportionate to the actual injury. 
You know what I'm talking about? It's just like, it's like going way over the top. They're just, it's getting to the point of being out of control. It's just, it's just, you know, screaming and crying and, and because they're hurt. Maybe they've been lost and, and they're just, they're just overwhelmed and nothing can calm them down. And what does mom and dad do? I remember when we were at the emergency room with Mark and it's getting to that point like it is out of control. It's like I had to take him in my arms and then say, it's okay, shh, it's okay. Daddy's here. It's going to be okay. You know? and, and, and that quieted him down. Sometimes when it's out of control, the only thing that can quiet a child down is mom or dad. Taking that child in their arms, letting the child cry it out, but it's okay. It's okay. That's the picture of him quieting us with his love. So if you're lost, if you've been hurt, it's a message on the inside. If, if you've been on the inside and, and you're crying on the inside, there's something going on on the inside, he will quiet you with his love. There may be tears involved. There may be bawling involved. There might be, I don't know, but, but he will hold you and he will quiet you with his love. As a mom would hold a child, God will hold you. And he will quiet you with his love. Can you allow him to do that? He's right there at any moment of your life. It says he's already with us. He's mighty to save. He takes great delight in you, but he, he wants to quiet you with his love. When we're out of control, when it's overwhelming, he will quiet us with his love. Next part of this passage says, he will rejoice over you with singing. He will rejoice over you with singing, which is kind of interesting for me because it's like, I was really kind of meditating on this. It's like, okay, God, I understand that we worship you and we sing praise songs and worship songs to you. God, you're not going to sing a worship song to me. You know, do, how, does this, how does this actually work? This idea that God would sing over me. And then, then I began to think, does God really, I mean, what is this all about? When it talks about rejoicing in the Hebrew, it actually is the word to spin around at, like a top. Just spinning around and shouting out whoops of joy. Woohoo! You know, that's, that's what God's doing. It's like, really, God? Are you really spinning around, shouting out whoops of joy over me? I don't know if I believe that. You know, and, and it's funny because it's like, okay, God, and honest, this is the honest truth. I'm meditating in my house. It's like, okay, God, it's in your word. It's true. I don't know if I believe it, but it's true. So show me a picture of this. Help me understand how this could actually even happen. That you, the God, the creator of the universe, could do that over me. And then it came to me. I love sports. I love watching pro college sports, especially pro sports. I love, uh, I love uh, football, baseball. love basketball. I loved watching Michael Jordan uh, play and win all those championships. And, and, you know, Jonathan Jensen's from Cleveland, so he's always talking about LeBron and stuff. And I'm like, hey, LeBron's great, but there was a guy in this city a long time ago that, that, that yeah, LeBron couldn't bow down and tie his shoes. You know, that's, that's the kind of, you know, so I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about Michael Jordan. So, and I really enjoyed watching Michael Jordan play. But then I realized, as I'm just kind of thinking about this, meditating on it, that there's somebody that I like to watch play even more than Michael Jordan. And his name is Luke Merrill. And Luke is not the best basketball player on his team. And, uh, you know, he, there'll be no pros in his future. I know that. No college. I mean, I know. I, I understand that. But I can't tell you, and, and some of you dads understand what I'm talking about here. 
is that when he steals the ball or gets that rebound or makes that shot, I'm going to tell you, I get more excited about that than I ever got about Michael Jordan. I don't know what it is. There's something about watching him play. And I know I embarrass him at games like, yeah, here we go. You know, and I know, I know that I embarrass him. But it's like I get more joy out of Luke than I ever did out of Michael Jordan. Why? Because he's my son. And then I got it. That God takes great delight in me. And, and he, and, and, and he, and he just, he sings, he loves it. And, and it's like, I didn't get it. It's like, God, why me? It's because I'm his son. It's because Luke's my son. I want to tell you that God loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want a list of do's and don'ts. He doesn't want the surface thing. I come to church and I do what I'm supposed to do and I give what I'm supposed to give and then everything's okay. No, it's on the inside. It's this relationship. It's realizing how much God loves you and how much He wants you to love Him back. We just looked at one verse in the entire Bible where God says, I love you. I mean, and and when you read these kind of things and you realize the essence of the relationship we have with God, when we sing Friend of God or the old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, you're like, yeah, that's, wow. What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. And when I look at this passage, I just wrote down some things that I saw in this passage. I saw that God was alive and active and forgiving and interested in me and compassionate and loving. And he is completely worthy for me to give my life and all my, my, my praise to. He wants that relationship with me. And as I realize how much God wants to be with me, I want to be with him. God says, you are my friend. You are my child. We love our children no matter what. We love them if they're making the winning basket, and we love them if their diaper is full. We don't stop loving them on any side of the spectrum. We rejoice when they do well. We clean up the diapers when they poop. And you know what? We love them all the time. And I want to tell you, that's how God loves you. And that's the relationship He wants. You want to get this on the inside of you? Get to the point where you realize God just wants a relationship with you. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning. And I just asked uh, the worship team if we could just worship the Lord at the end of the service because I just think it's so important to start the year off with worship and praise. And... But with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just want to talk about this relationship with God. If you've never had a relationship with God, today is the day. He is crazy about you. And even though we've walked away and we've sinned and we've separated ourselves from God, He made a way through Jesus dying on a cross to take the penalty for our sins so we could be right with Him. And today, all you have to do is just surrender your life to Him. And and, and I could give you a prayer to pray, but I'm not going to do that today. Just say, God, I want you in my life. Forgive my sins. Take over. I want to do things your way. I want to come into a, a relationship with you. This is not about a religious experience. It's not about religion. It is about a relationship. And we need to get a hold of how much God loves us. I'm going to pray for you this morning. And then we're going to worship together. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it's not about us desiring you. It's about you desiring us. God, I thank you that your word tells me that you love me.
that you love each one of us, even when we don't feel worthy, even when we feel far away from you. God, you are not satisfied to be far from us. Even though we stray, God, you bring us back. God, I thank you that your word tells us that you are with us all the time. And you are not just tagging along. You are mighty to save. God, save us. God, I pray that you, you, we would just see you taking great delight in us. God, for some of us, we need you to quiet us with your love. To take us in your arms and to hold us. To give us your peace. And God, I thank you that you rejoice over us with singing. And God, while that's hard to believe, we know it's true. And we understand it better today. Thank you for putting it in your word for us to read. God, we love you. We want to be your children. So God, we are just yours today. We worship you. And we thank you for the relationship. Lord, especially the friendship that we have with you. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? And appropriately, I've asked if we could sing, I am a friend of God. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? Well, see, is it true? Is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me?
Amen. Isn't that great news? He calls us friends. We're going to sing in just a moment a little bit more, but can you um, do something while we stand up? It's Communion Sunday, and every Communion Sunday we receive an offering for uh, the poor. And, uh, uh, and just so you know, last year we were able to give thousands of dollars away um, to people in need in our congregation, in our community. And it was just a, a blessing to do that. And so if God has blessed you, and this month you can give, and again, uh, all of this offering goes toward people in need. And so if you can give something extra this, uh, this uh, month, we will take it and we will distribute it to those in need. And so uh, if you need to sit down and write a check, you can do that. But, but again, if you are struggling right now, I don't want you to feel any obligation to give. This is just a free will, above and beyond kind of offering to the Lord. And, uh, and so, um, again, if you want to give, uh, please do. God has blessed, and we were able to just do some tremendous things this last year. And we'll share with you very shortly how much we were able to do. Can I give you some good news as well? Through God's faithfulness, uh, through sacrifice of many on the staff, and through your above and beyond giving... We paid every bill of 2009, anything that was left over from 2008, and we paid all of our bills, and uh, God is good. Plus, not only that, we have, uh, we have the money that, that you're giving in the Thanksgiving offering, which is uh, now, uh, again, we've had money come in this week, so it's over $15,000. We have that money that we're going to be using on different projects, and so God has blessed us. And uh, he has been good. Thank you to Pastor Merrill, who oversees our finances and works so diligently. But it is, that's a good report, isn't it? In a struggling economy, when a lot of people are going through a difficult time. And I believe God not only did it for us, he'll do it for all of us. And uh, um, so, good. I'm going to ask the men and women to come forward. God, we give now in this offering. As we worship you, God, we're going to be singing. We're also going to be giving. And so that's a, that's a good combination for worship. And, and uh, Lord, we just pray as we give to you, that you would take this money and uh, you would meet the needs of those that are in need and that they know that you would provide, that you love them um, as the church is able to help. So, uh, God, as we give, uh, Lord, receive. And we thank you for what you're doing uh, in and through us. Lord, we thank you for a good report too, God. You are so faithful. God, I thank you for the families in our church that sacrifice and they're giving. God, bless them, Lord, that every bill that they have will be paid, God. And, uh, Lord, that the kingdom will be built here and around the world. We thank you for that. And uh, now we worship you. We worship you. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you. Who you are. Come on, sing out today. We worship you. We worship you.
God is good, so let's lift our voice. We're going to sing a new song of the Lord tonight, so let's sing it. Here we go. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. And shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. And shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God. had this picture over there of God spinning around like a top going, Woo-hoo! yeah, that's my people, that's my people. All right, there we go. We'll sing that as we go today. We'll sing it as we go, but you ready to receive the blessing of the Lord upon your life this year and this decade? Let's receive it and then we'll sing as we go. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God, we thank you for the blessing that now rests upon our life this year and for the years to come. Lord, this is a blessing that leads us into eternity. And Lord, we long to have that eternal life, that eternal relationship with you. But Lord, until that day, we are your men, we are your women, we are your church. We are here to worship you. So keep us safe, keep us strong this week. Bring us back together soon so we can worship you as a church. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to worship as we go today, but say this.